Dad has been so wild lately. He doesn't seem to listen, he doesn't obey my commands, and we can't even bribe him with treats. He's gotten so out of hand, he may even have to be put down. God is not the problem here. The problem is the people who want to be the leader of the pack. We reintroduce God. We retrain people. You're listening to The God Whisperers. Just imagine all the wondrous concoctions you could create With those aromatic pork products on your breakfast plate Bacon, flavored ice cream Bacon, scented sunscreen Bacon, grease and rich Hand cream or of Vaseline, bacon smocks, bacon socks, bacon building blocks. Yeah, bacon rocks, yum. It really does. You're listening to the world famous God Whispers. I'm Craig D'Onofrio wearing my bacon socks. And I'm Bill Swirla, sizzling, wear- ba- sizzling the bacon over here. Are you wearing bacon socks? Uh, I am not. Bacon socks are I awesome do have because a, they moisturize your feet and they taste great. I do have a wonderfully crafted glass bacon and eggs ornament for my Christmas tree. Well, that sounds lovely. That's not not to say Christmas tree's up yet. We've just cleared Halloween, so you know the the season has started in earnest. You better get on it because uh, Home Depot is running out of ornaments already. I think. Well, you know it. it <laughs> It makes sense. Okay, I, I used to. I, I used to. I, where were we? We we were in one of these. I don't know what they call them, but they're like Tuesday morning. It's not quite the level of the dollar store, but it's it's the next notch up. You know, these are these overstock stores that sell off all this. You, know, you ever wonder where all the stuff goes? We we get all this stuff. Tuesday mornings. Yeah, it's it's like Tuesday morning. So we were at one of these places a couple of weeks ago. Nice one. It was a better quality one, but but man, they had all the Christmas stuff out there already. Tons of it. All the stuff for your home. Leftover from last year. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And and I had this 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 epiphany. No pun intended. Um, I get I'm th- it. I'm thinking about it. Now, I, I, t- I said to my wife, you know, it makes sense. If you're going to shop for Christmas stuff, you want to be doing it a month or two before, right? Because you don't you don't like shop for Christmas stuff when Christmas hits. You shop for Christmas stuff like six or eight weeks before Christmas. So I'm not bothered by all of this. The you know Home Depot's got all their stuff. This this is when this is when you prepare. You got to prepare. You don't have time to just do it last minute. So you have to prepare. I just don't want to hear Christmas carols blaring on the uh, the loudspeakers just yet. Kind of hold off on that a little bit, and I'm okay. But I actually don't. I don't. I don't mind. Got to get a jump on the holidays here. Be proactive. I say. Now I, I make a distinction between quote unquote Christmas music that is winter themed. Yeah. And Christmas music that is sacred. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. True, true carols and hymns. As and a, well, so the old let it snow, carol. let it snow, let it snow. I'm okay with that's not that Christmas. That's winter. That's not Christmas. That's right. That's a winter. And, you know, it's irrelevant in the southern hemisphere, as Henning would, would right. point out. So, yeah. you know. Uh, you know, what do you do if you live in the southern hemisphere? Like half these Christmas carols go off the rails for you. They're all taking place <laughs> in snow. I, 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 don't, I don't get any of that. I'm, I'm adopting a new convention, by the way, this year. <clears throat> You know, there there are a number of ways of designating Christmas. You can spell it out, you know, and it's basically the the abbreviated English for Christ's Mass, right? The Divine Service of Christ, the Festival of 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 Christ, um, the Nativity of our Lord. Or you can do the the abbreviation, you know, with an X, Xmas, right? And some people get all wound up. About this, because oh, you're going to take the Christ out of Christmas, but uh, you know, forgetting that that's the first letter of Christ in Greek. Uh, but well, yeah, you know, we've taken the Christ out of the church also when we put up the Cairo, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, the, that, yeah. That, well, it looks like a P and an X for those of you who <laughs> don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the composite letter, which that's kind of a cool way to do Christmas too. By the way, is to do the Cairo symbol mass. Put the huh? cur back into Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, put the row back into Christmas, I say. 
But I, I think I'm going to adopt the convention that Xmas, not not with the Cairo mass. That I like that one. I might I might use that That'd one. Be, uh, wouldn't that be like crow mass? Yeah, I. I well, no, you'd have to add the O. I'm going to use that one for like the insiders. That's that's the secret handshake one. Yeah. Okay, you know that's that's the that's the happy holidays wink wink one. Um, but but Xmas, I'm going to use that one for Christmas the holiday. That's that's for all the stuff that has nothing to do with Jesus, but we like anyway because it's fun. You know, okay. and and so that's Xmas, and then the stuff having to do with Christ and the incarnation, the Word become flesh, dwelling among us. Um, that's Christmas, or if I'm going to abbreviate it, it's going to be Cairo Mass. I think for Xmas we should get little uh, ornaments with the X Men on them. <laughs> yeah, I, th- yeah, I think that that's right. Be- they could they could be like the the, the figures. They they could be the figures for Xmas. Is the X? They could take the place of the reindeer. The X. The reindeer. Yeah, the but the reindeer, the reindeer, the reindeer and Santa. That's part of Xmas. That's right. You know, uh, but actually, Santa's kind of one of those crossover kind of things. Well, he is. That's right. He he does have a foot in both, being sort of Saint Nicholas on the yeah. one hand. But bearing absolutely no resemblance to Santa Claus, on the other hand. So they are like two separate characters. You know, one, one, one's jolly, one's not so jolly. One gives out gifts, the other punches out heretics. So, yeah, you know, I mean, we should. What are you going to do? Yeah, we should actually make a national holiday out of uh, out of St. Nicholas Day. Well, there is there is a Saint, the Feast of St. Nicholas. Right. But, you want to make yeah, a national I mean, holiday? You want to commercialize? You want to monetize? Yeah, let's it? commercialize it. We'll, we'll, uh, you give boxing gloves for uh, for Saint Nicholas Day. Don't they? Have, there's a Saint Lucy's thing where you know people, girls walk around with like candles on their head and stuff oh, yeah. like that. So, yeah, the more the I merrier. Think... I say, uh, you know, more, more shopping days, more <laughs> more more chance, more chance to to jumpstart the economy. You know, I, I didn't send this to you. I just stumbled across it, and you've probably heard about it. Uh, Berkeley High School. Uh-oh. Someone, someone put some racist stuff on a computer, and then uh, and then there's, like, this uh, uh, black student union or something like that that took a screenshot of it and tweeted it to the whole school. It's got, like, some stupid KKK stuff and yeah. lynching garbage on yeah. it. And now the whole school is walking out in protest about this act of terrorism. I, I'm sorry. If I had a test and I wanted to get out of a test and I knew that you could get out of it this easily, I mean, really? I mean, it's you the, just simply type something on the computer, take a screenshot of it, and tweet it to the school, and everybody walks out. It's, this is the, uh, the modern equivalent of pulling the fire alarm. It is. You know, we we would we just yank the fire alarm. Of course, then you get in huge trouble with the principal and the fire department. But uh, you know, that's how you emptied the school quickly. Yeah, but these these days you just uh, you you type "Long Live the KKK" and say something about lynching. (laughs) I I want to put a. I I think it's time that the news media have a moratorium on the term outrage. I've noticed this. I, I commented to my wife last night. We're watching the news, and I don't think there has been an evening news gone by where somebody wasn't outraged over something. You seem a little outraged over this. It's, can, yeah, can can we like can we put a lid on our outrage here? <laughs> I find it outrageous. You do. It, I can tell that you're incensed. It is. It is outrageous the degree to which we're outraged. It outrages me. I'm out. I'm not. I've, in fact, I've worked myself up into an outrage over the whole thing. Now I'm probably going to have to go to some sensitivity training thing for you will. saying that saying that you could just get out of out of school by pulling a prank like this. You will. No, <laughs> absolutely. But only in Berkeley. Yeah. This this only this this only applies in certain locales and Berkeley is one of them. <laughs> I, I lived there for seven years. I know what I'm talking about. But I mean I'm a guy who just stopped going to school one day. Yeah, you did. Didn't you get a GED? Yeah, I, I didn't pull any fire alarms. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. I didn't. You pulled. I didn't, you pulled your own fire alarm. You just left. You yeah, just, I just. I just hit the record and I ejected. That could be. I, the, I was out. That could be the sign of uncanny intelligence. You. You were looking out the window. You're listening to the teacher drone on about something irrelevant. Nobody's paying attention in class, and you're thinking, "I'm wasting my time here." And so you I walked said, out, and you never. You said, never. You, you. You never turned back. You never looked back once. 
I don't think they would have let me back in, but that's beside the point. <laughs> and you went on, you went on to to get a college degree, a seminary degree, and and have a, a stellar career in broadcasting. I started a doctorate, even, and, and, it's, and it's just a, a D man. I mean, it's not like a real. And doctor. now you're going. Did you really? You started one. <laughs> I did. Yeah. And and now you're going to the the Czech Republic, and and you're going to be hanging in Prague, and and, Who knew? and broadcasting all over Europe and Asia. I am going to be so Iceland. cosmopolitan. Iceland it, is now part of Eurasia, according to LCMS Geography. That's right. We're 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 basically rewriting the map from Iceland to Russia. <laughs> D'Onofrio will be there. D'Onofrio, yeah. The, the, that's my new office, by the way. Are you, you know? are that, you doing fundraising? Are we going to have to have bake sales for you now? Oh yeah, yeah. I will be out with my hand, my hat extended for quite a while. What, when when are you coming out? Um, you know, we're going to, we're going to try to hit California. We haven't really firmed up dates yet, but, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that Concordia Irvine will put us up and, uh, <laughs> we're, we're looking at, at coming up for maybe two months. Oh, to, uh, wow. Two months. Yeah. Maybe mid March to at, May or what, something. What? At like Irvine's that. nickel? Yeah, yeah, what? What do you, no, we'll, we'll pay rent, whatever they what charge, you, you know, what it's, are you thinking? So, okay. Well, just let me know so I can go on vacation. Yeah. I, I'll I, take I, your I pulpit for you. I want to be out. Of, yeah, I want to be out of town. <laughs> I'll I'll take up the the collection for you. Yeah, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll we'll have we'll have Brinks at the door to make sure you. Uh, you we'll, we'll be counting the silverware when you come. Yeah, I've I've got a few victims lined up already, but I know you're heartless and cruel, and you would never totally allow heartless. Me, allow me into your church. Totally. So that's, as a matter of fact, you'd charge me to come into your church, yeah, I think. We, we might. We, we, we could. Although you're known. You did a summer vicarage with us. You're a known commodity. I know. Nobody tried to kill me or anything, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. So, well, that you'll have to keep us posted. Um, and, and then God Whispers are going to go international. This, If you think that the inaugural episode at KFUO was bad, oh, wait, till, just wait. wait till we go international. We're going to set new standards of broadcasting with that. All new lows, lower than we've ever been before. Did you have a good reformation? I did. You did. Okay, good. I did, yes. Good. A good Halloween? Uh, good Halloween, good reformation, and of course, Paula's birthday oh, falls the, right after The beautiful Paula, yes. Never November takes a, 2nd. Is, really? She's All Souls Day? She was, yeah. she was born on All Souls Day. Yeah. Oh. So on Reformation Day, on Saturday... Uh, we went out to um, Herman, Missouri. And that's that's hit, wine country, sort hit of. St. James Winery. Sort of. And uh, we did some wine tasting out there. Now, I've got to tell you, Bill, they have wines that you would not recognize as wine. They're they're more like something that should come out of a slushy machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They have some good wines. Yeah, but, all right. But they have the sweet menu and they have the red menu. No, and no, I no. said, well, one of us will do the sweet, one of us do the red, and we'll just kind of share back and forth. I and do so not we... drink sweet wine. Period. End of conversation. They it's have like happening. a a cosmopolitan wine that I tasted it, and I'm like, this. If you gave this to me in a bar, I would never say this is wine. I mean, it it's like some sort of it's, weird cocktail. It's a kitty cocktail of wine. Get them yeah, started it, early. It's like the Annie Greenspring stuff. Or oh something. gosh! Hey, did you just... see where the 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 silent part, the silent guy in the Bartles and James commercial died this week? No. Yeah, remember those commercials, the Bartles and James? Yeah. That you know those those were wine coolers. That's right. That's right. Basically, what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, remember there was the the guy that was the spokesman, and then the other guy who never said anything. I wonder what his last words were. <laughs> Yeah, he 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 and he and uh, and Teller ought to get you know Penn and Teller they right, ought to get together right. and not have a conversation. Yeah. Of... <laughs> That's the kind of conversation that an introvert like you would really enjoy. <laughs> yeah, it, w- it would. I'm a talkative inter- introvert though, so I, I'd actually enjoy somebody who didn't say anything. I could just prattle on and on and on. Uh... <laughs> hey, I let's know. do a little housekeeping, we- shall we? We, oh. we we could we could do that. Uh, why, why don't you uh, give out the Skype and the I'll God Whispers it. hotline is five nine three or I'm sorry, area code six two six five nine three seventy seven thirteen, which spells Manly Doctors thirteen. We continue and uh, GodWhispers dot org is the mothership. It's actually current and running. I had a little glitch last week, but we fixed it. We had a little server 
maintenance that had to be done. Uh, and to email us, uh, just go to godwhispers at gmail.com and uh, entertain us. Give us something to talk about. In fact, we do have something. You want to go to the, go to the, the, the mailbag? Sure. Let's do it. The God Whispers mailbag is brought to you by um, bad emails. Yep. Well, th- these are a couple of good emails. Uh, dear Craig. Yeah. Or should I say Sugar Bear? Yeah. Oh, yeah. After much effort and searching, I thought I'd finally found a place to download your modern mission album. The cover is truly glorious which you, with your cold, dead stare. Yes. And LOL. Oh, no, not LOL. That's a, my eyesight's going bad here. Uh, exclamation. And low. As, you know, like in the King James. And low. The link was dead. <laughs> like the album. Nice. Your album could not be downloaded. Good, sir. If you know where I could obtain a copy of this cl- clearly glorious album, you must let me know. Uh, Brad. P.S. The the young lady you're standing next to in the album cover is pretty hot, but knowing it was the 80s, I'm guessing she's probably a dude. <laughs> and she was. <laughs> is this Modern Mission? This is Modern Mission. And you're on the base? I am on the base. You know, okay, this is this is costing me to say this, but that's not bad. I'm telling you, we were an international sensation. That and you were on base. Yeah, I think some uh, kids in Mexico probably ended up with one of our T-shirts somehow. So I'm I'm saying we we're international. That, 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 there's some good baseline going on there. Oh, thank you. And, thank and you. I mean that that was a tight sound. Were you actually were you actually that that tight live or did you? Is that, no, we were good. Was that a lot it. of studio recreation going on there? No, no, no. Actually, I don't like the studio version as much as I like the live version. They kind of wimpified us more in the studio, which kind of ticked us off to no end but that's yeah added keyboards and stuff oh okay so it kind of layered layered more and, and what, what was your genre i mean this was this was like early contemporary christian wasn't it oh, this is uh this was the 80s and we were kind of new wavy punky i guess you would say but but christian lyrics yeah christian lyrics seriously now our lead singer the sugar the bear. Chick. What would you say? And you were sugar bear. Yeah, I was sugar bear. I got stuck with that. <laughs> yeah. I was in a bar one night, and I I was does, wearing this. Does this, the lovely Paula know about this? This, this oh yeah, dark, she knows this all dark about it. Past of yours. Yeah. It, it do you know? Do you know wild, that that all the all the liturgical diehards are going to come after you for this? You know. Although I hope although so. you've repented of this, haven't you? You you don't you don't uh, you don't. Have you ever played your bass in church? I have not. Well, aside from in a Lutheran church, stuff, like n- no, no, no. When I was at seminary, there were a couple of knuckleheads that kept bugging me. Oh, let's do some praise music in chapel and stuff like that. And I'm like, no, really? And, unless unless it's rock or jazz, I'm not playing. So I've played and, my guitar in the seminary chapel. I played my guitar in church before when it was, our organist, it was classical guitar, though. But, yeah, but when I, our organist was unavailable at times, I'd bust out my guitar, but I'd play hymns. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's I, just I used I used uh, classical guitar technique to accompany evening prayers sometime. Oh, that sounds and, nice. And, and it actually it was small scale, and it 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 worked sort of. It was it was pretty good. I good uh, for small hands. <laughs> good for yeah. small groups. Car- uh, carnival kind of hands. They're carnies. I see. Small hands. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> do you, do you know a place where he could obtain this? Did Did you just have one album? Oh, we did. We signed a three-year, three-record deal. And, <laughs> you had uh, a contract? Yeah, yeah. Dude. And uh, th- it was a small label. There's about 10, 12 bands on this label. And the owner, who is Canadian, um, made a, a bunch of money off of all of us, took all our royalties, and ran off to Canada. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, just, just left so, us high and dry. Typical music yeah. industry. I mean, oh, you know, yeah. just, just yeah, it's phenomenal. opportunistic, corrupt, the whole deal. So, 
Well, and and then you you compound it with the whole Christian nonsense of, hey, bro, you're my brother. You you're my brother. Sue me? That's no. You know, the Bible tells us. That's not right. To I'm going to run off Christians. with your money, and you're gonna you're gonna turn the other cheek, or right, give, or, or you know, because <laughs> you know, because apparently theft is okay. It's but, a, amongst uh, brothers, right? Know. Yeah, well, you know, it's all in house. I, I, th- I think I think actually the Bible sort of says otherwise on that, but uh, yeah. Uh, wow. So anyway, can, you, is, are, is it available? If, can 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 he actually get a copy? I don't know where it would be anywhere. Do you do um, you act? Do you have a copy of the album? I do. I have okay. a digital copy. Oh, that if maybe if, you, maybe you can work out an arrangement with Brad. S- send me forward me the email and okay. I'll I'll All see right. if I can arrange something. Brad, like we're going to try to get you a copy of yeah. Modern now, Missions' I, only I'm, album directly I'm not from Sugar say, Bear. I'm not going to say that uh, this is sound theological stuff. No, 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 no. This was uh, this was early D'Onofrio. This this was before yeah, before. This is, Fundagelical Craig. That's, that's okay. There was some good bass going on. I'm, I'm going to say well, this right you. now. I, that is a tight sound. And well, thank you. Not, not, not bad. Not bad. I, I got another. How much time do we have here? Oh, we've got about three minutes. <laughs> okay. Well, I can kind of. Maybe four. Let me introduce this and we'll come back to it. Because a listener named Frank wrote us before about um, conservative churches not preaching against greed. And I guess he didn't like the the tack that we went with it. So he's trying it again. Okay. So the lead in is, I thank you for taking the time to read my letter and address my concerns. However, I feel that my point was overlooked. So we get another letter. My point was more about the law being applied to the sin of greed to those who are masters, though not to the neglect of those who are servants. I guess we, we kind of went after the little guy's greed. He's going after the greed of the man. I'm definitely in the latter, and yet I, too, am covetous, greedy monster. I need the law just as much as a rich person. I don't deny this. But, (laughs) nevertheless, I've repeatedly had employers bounce paychecks on me, pay me a minute fraction of the cost of the parts I made, not pay me for a full time I worked, not pay me at all, lay me off from a contract position two months earlier than negotiated as a budget cut, even though they promised to hire me on full time at the end of six months. Some of these were for Christian companies, quote unquote, though some were for your generic corporation. That that kind of plays into what you're talking about. Yeah, right? I the, the usually uh, if a contractor comes to my house and he has a cross or a fish on his card, <laughs> get another bid. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. usually don't do business with folks like that very often. You know, doctrine of vocation. Really re- doctrine of vocation. You know, it, it's about it's about being good at your trade or your craft or whatever. It's it's not about using your faith to sort of gloss over shoddy work. I mean, here's his deal, though. Um, he goes into a little personal background in that. Uh, but he says this, I think the conservative church is infected with an economical political gospel of unbridled capitalism, where those with wealth can do no wrong so long as they hire people, and that this economic system, though not taught in Scripture, is sociologically God's best for our lives, and it's at the cost of rebuking the evils of those that have the money to help others but instead live in wealth that ancient kings would not even have dreamt of. I feel we have, in some cases, a legalized form of slavery. Like, it's okay. I, I don't think that ancient kings would have even dreamt of indoor plumbing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, most of us live better than ancient kings. Yes. Um, I saw an analysis for, if you look at, like, all the appliances you have, and you translate the work they do in terms of servants that used to do that. I mean, all of us basically own, like, a dozen or more slaves in terms of our appliances and our things. But anyway, going on, and we own property, land, etc. Maybe I need to treat my appliances better. But but his, he says in some cases I feel we we have a legalized form of slavery. Like it's okay for a master to charge a servant to essentially work for him, while he keeps their family in a rundown shed and he sits in a castle. We have an inability for people to get out of debt, even the necessary debt of education, house, car, even though the system obligates. We have these things in order to provide for our families. There's one thing that liberals do right. It's preaching the law against the rich, 
something Jesus, the prophets, and the apostles seem to have no qualms about doing. I feel like many of us as conservative Christians and even as confessional Lutherans have dropped the ball on this issue. That's, I think, that, that that's kind of the point that, that he wanted to make. I think we went down the greed road instead, and the greed is idolatry, and of course greed affects everyone, whether you're rich or poor. Um, and so... Uh, but but I think his point here is, do we kind of give a tacit blessing to capitalism and 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 in so doing kind of cover over the multitudes of shortcomings and evils of capitalism? For you always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. Well, yeah, that's yeah, right. <laughs> that, that doesn't answer the question. No, here, here's the deal. And Frank, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't agree. Here's the deal. The wealthy tend to be wealthy because they have taken risks in their lives. They have gone out on a limb. That's not. They have. That's this not hundred percent true. true. I mean, did you hear I that? I said usually. I didn't did, say always. Did you hear I that said comment from Trump? Where he says that his dad gave him a small loan of a million dollars. Okay, but how many wealthy have... <laughs> My dad in a lifetime of working never came close to having a million dollars. And he gets a small starter loan for his his life of a million dollars. That's not the same thing. How many of the wealthy have had that? I would say a small minority. I think that the vast majority of wealthy people, especially those who have made their 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 money by starting a business and that sort of thing, have done so at great risk, personal risk to themselves. They've my, been risk takers. My, my wife, my wife does SBA loans for a living. Okay, so she's she's dealing with small businesses and small business owners. Nobody's getting rich out there. I'm telling you, <laughs> that is just that you work hard. Yeah, I think the mistake you where, make, where do companies come from? You're though? you're making the mistake in, in that hard work equals riches. No, no. it doesn't. No, dumb they're, they're dumb are, luck equals riches. No, that's not true either. Sometimes that's true. Being born but, into the right family, born into no. the right social strata, um, and okay, a lot let's, of dumb, let's talk about all of the, dumb luck. Let's talk about all the evil doctors that are in the pocket of big pharma out there. Right? Okay. Did these people not go to school for a long time and incur huge amounts of debt going into a profession, opening their own businesses in the way of a practice. And if they become wealthy, they've done so not because they're feeding off of the poor, but because they actually no, are providing off a needed sick. service. <laughs> there's, there's a difference. All right. Are you excusing Big Farm? Big Pharma makes meds that I love. <laughs> yeah, they make bazillions of dollars is what they make. Yeah, but they invest bazillions of dollars in making those meds, too. They they take the risk, the financial risk, and they reap the financial reward. See, I don't think you can... You, you cannot find a scriptural basis for an economic system. I, I think Frank's on to something here is that, is that conservative Christianity tends to whether explicitly or implicitly, tends to bless uh, a, a, a capitalist system as being sort of... It's like the people that think that America is God's country. They think capitalism is God's economy. When when in the scriptures, it's not. It's not. Denny Crane. Just saying. Denny, Denny Crane. Denny Crane. <laughs> how, how can you argue with Denny Crane? Really? <laughs> no, okay, look, I'm not going to argue. Oh, my gosh, we're way over break time. Here. Awesome. I'm not going to argue that <laughs> capitalism is the biblical model, but I'm also not going to say that just because people get wealthy that it's because other people have been ripped off or anything like that. Many people get I wealthy because they that's... offer a service that is needed. We're going to take a break. We'll be back. Bill can correct me on the backside. I will. Here's some more modern mission for you. <laughs>
Frog went to court and he did right, uh huh. Frog went to court and he did right, uh huh. Frog went to court and he did right with a sword and pistol by his side. Frog went to court and he did right, uh huh. I didn't realize this song is so violent. He rode up to Miss Mousy's door, Swords and pistols. He rode up to Miss Mousy's door, uh huh. He rode up to Miss Mousy's door, gave three loud raps and a very big roar. He rode up to. This is my favorite modern mission song of all time. Actually, is that one? I wish it was Modern Mission, because that's pretty awesome. I just <laughs> got to say. <laughs> You're Craig D'Onofrio. Yeah, sometimes. Oh, that was that was weak. Let me try that. Weak! Again. I can fix that. Try it again. I had to move the gong closer to the microphone. I'm Bill Swirlow. William, move oh. your head! So, all people who get rich... Do so off the backs of the poor. No. The poor are always oppressed when someone gets rich. Not necessarily. Okay. Big Pharma is the Antichrist. Yes. Wow, you even worked for Big Pharma. <laughs> Did not. You didn't? Did I thought not. you worked I thought you worked uh, doing pharma. Profited stuff. indirectly. <laughs> Oh, wait, Sup- okay. supplied supplied reagents and equipment to Big Pharma to do their thing. So basically, Big Pharma paid your bills, oh, but yeah. you didn't work directly for Big Pharma. <laughs> no, indirectly. Yeah, I see how the game's played here. There's um, there's an interesting book called Shop Classes Soulcraft by Matthew Crawford. He makes an interesting observation. You know, he says that. Marx always talked about, you know, the big thing with Marx was the alienation of the worker from his work. This was ultimately a problem. Um, and uh, and Crawford points out that the in, in communism, it's the government that does this, alienates the worker from his work. In capitalism, it's the corporation that does that. There's really not much difference between a corporate-run economy and a government run except just the level of incompetence i suppose but you really got the same thing going not only that but corporations don't even don't even run for the good of their workers or for the quality of their product they only run for the benefit of the shareholders which don't always make sound decisions um you know based on on what the company ought to be doing they're just looking at the short term rather than the long term I think that the reason that unions were formed in the first place, especially in the United States, was a good thing. People, people were being abused. I mean, they, they had sweatshops, unsafe conditions. Oh, uh, I think it's coming back. I, I, I think, I think the post two thousand eight recovery thing. I, I see it. I, I see it just in in the people in my congregation, the people my wife works with. I mean, these these these, and these are not um, industrial manufacturing jobs. These are office jobs. I mean, they're working. kidding. OSHA is, is so involved with everything. Yeah, but we're, I'm not talking about workplace safety, like you know, uh, noxious gases coming out of your computer. I'm talking Look, about. I, I got a call to to serve as a missionary, and I get this long form where they had to check off how, what percentage of the time will I need to be standing, what percentage of the time will I need oh, to be yeah. squatting, oh yeah, uh, yeah, 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 will I ever need to pick up anything more than thirty pounds? I mean, all this kind of stuff, and this is to be a missionary. But I, but I'm talking about how the the name of the game is to get more and more hours of work out of fewer and fewer people and to maximize corporate profit. And this this is you know in Ecclesiastes terms this is a great evil. We're actually Crickets. not we're actually not creating jobs. We're we're reducing them. Well, yeah, and a lot of that is. Uh, a lot of it's the insurance companies. Some of it's big pharma. I can blame them for See, but, uh, but, uh, the high cost of medications. But then again, we live to be older than we ever have before, and they spend millions and millions and millions of dollars inventing pills that keep me alive longer and longer. <laughs> well, I don't know if they keep you alive longer, but they certainly pickle you for the. I'm not saying they keep me healthy longer. I'm saying they keep me alive longer. <laughs> we just we just read, uh, we we're reading in Genesis, Jacob, uh, Jacob went into his 170s or so, so he was doing pretty good. He didn't have big pharma. 
Well, yeah, but he was a little closer to the font, I good, guess, or something. Good, good diet, a lot of walking. That'll Mediterranean diet? Mediterranean diet, a lot of walking. See, that, that'll, yeah. that'll do it for you. I, I think Frank's got a point here, um, and I think, I hate to say it, but um, <laughs> one, one reason you don't, you don't, you know, preach a lot on Ecclesiastes and James and some of the other woe to you rich, that's also one of the uh, Beatitudes or the counter-Beatitudes in Luke, um, is is that those are the those are the very people that fund the bottom line of your budget? I you know what? I saw the giving at one of my churches once by accident, mm-hmm. and I kind of got sucked in. And I discovered that the people driving the Mercedes and the BMWs Weren't gave giving. squat. <laughs> they gave squat. Well. That was the one time that I looked at the giving. Someone left it on my desk. I don't even it's know like why. It's like you really don't want to see that. Yeah, but once you start looking, you can't you're stop. Compelled. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's how you're compelled but to but it was it was one of those wake ups that I had. It's the guy driving the rusty Buick that puts all the money in the plate. Interesting. I I, I wouldn't say that across the board. No, not necessarily. I know some very wealthy people and that I, I, use I, their money for the glory of I God. I think the That's... danger, the danger in the whole conversation is that it's always the other guy who needs to hear the law. See, I think we, we took this letter and we went at, we went at it um, uh, sort of pastorally to the writer. Uh, you know, the, the law always does a kind of a tu quoqua on you, the you should talk. So while we're busy um, denouncing the greed of the master, we are ignoring the greed of the servant. See, and that's not going to fly either. Having said that, I, I think that that we really do need to warn uh, about how deceitful and how empty and how vain the acquisition of riches really are. And that, and, that, you know, I mean, that can be very true. Yes, you know, and that's James's point. Clearly, James, uh, the the readers of James, the the addressees that James is is writing to, uh, clearly a lot of them have means because I mean he warns them of, against showing favoritism to the rich in their congregations. He warns them about being presumptuous about where they're going to travel next year and do business. Uh, he warns them. Uh, you know, just of of the deceitfulness of riches in general, um, and and it's it's that their covetousness that causes all kinds of of you know war. Uh, you know, it's it's having what you wanting what you don't have. This that, that. and and um, if, if we're reticent to preach on those themes, then we need to repent of that. Uh, because I, I think covetousness, well, I don't think, uh, covetousness t- comes right to the heart of idolatry, that it, it is it is the, the unbuckled heart. And that'll manifest itself in different ways, uh, from the worker ignoring his family so he can have more and keep up with the Joneses, to the master exploiting his servant or the corporation exploiting its workers. Or a government system exploiting its workers. It doesn't matter. You know, you know, there's and maybe I misunderstood some of Frank's email there, but there there are two things that jump out at me here also is the idea that either being an employer or an employee is more virtuous than the other. Yeah, and, and both are both are mis are misinformed. Both I don't. I don't think he's saying that. Okay. I mean, you know, it, let's put it this way: if if you are working for a corporation, everybody's an employee, right? You know, you're an employee of the board of directors, ultimately, or the shareholders if it's a publicly owned, you know, corporation, it, and and so that's that's really being employed by nobody, um, and or it's scarcely different than being employed by the government. It really, it really at that point. Uh, if you're working in a small business, I, I think you come closer to the ideal of work in the small business where there's a face-to-face accountability. And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, I, I have seen examples, I've known of examples personally, where these small businesses are almost like families, that, that the people who own the business and run the business um, treat their employees as though they were family. Uh, you know, the, the place has a fire, they go out of business for six months, they keep them on, you know, they make sure everybody's so I, I've, I've, I've read and I've seen 
some some really really uh, good stories of the people who owned these companies keeping their people going and taking care of their families when things got lean uh, because of all the the sacrifices and everything they made when things were going well. Uh, but that's you know they're almost bonded like a family. I think that's closer to the ideal. You of, know, of work. you remind me of uh, Don the Beachcomber, the restaurant in Huntington Beach. Yeah. And uh, and its owner, Arthur, who's gone to the big luau in the sky now. But uh, when Arthur bought that property, it was another restaurant. It was Sam Seafood back then. And he kept a whole staff on while he was renovating the place. And, you know, so basically there was a period of like eight months where people were collecting a paycheck and there was no work for them. Yes. And you you see this kind of thing where it's like that. And these people, because of the way that Arthur treated them, uh, you know, they'd go to the wall for Arthur, too. Well, they were, they were family uh, yeah. in, that, in that, that sense. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, first of all, God distributes wealth unevenly. Yeah, you know, if we were running the show, it would be everybody gets their, their, their fair share. Everybody gets their proportionate, you know, the, the 11th hour worker gets, gets, you know, one 11th of a denarius and the people who work all day get a denarius, but that's not the way this works. God, God is not fair as we judge fairness. He's not equitable. Um, it, the wealth is not distributed evenly. Um, and, and why he's not saying that's, that's part of Luther's hidden will of God. If you've got, if you have wealth, then you have a great responsibility, you know, and I don't put it on the shoulders of government to force you to share it. That's I'm not in no. that game at all, but you have a great responsibility. And I think you have to recognize <clears throat> that this stuff is spiritual dynamite. This, this stuff is toxic to the soul. Uh, it, it, it is, it's dangerous at some level. It's and, true. And the hoarding of wealth is, is spiritually dangerous. Um, on the other hand, uh, if you're poor, <laughs> you know, you, 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 you don't you don't get a free ride because you're poor either. Uh, it, it, it's God has distributed wealth unevenly so that so that we can all pray, give us this day our daily bread and be instrumental in providing daily bread for those around us. You know, it's it's and so I, I don't I don't see where where uh, you have to come down on the rich for being rich or praise the poor for being poor or whatever. Um, I, I think it's it's a matter of if you have been given much, much is expected. And, well, and that's that's really true. Also, I have known very wealthy people who are both very stingy and some who are very generous and uh you know, for those who realize that they have been given a gift in the ability to make money, and they share that with those around them, especially to the church and good good causes, uh, you know that there's much commendable about that. I, I will, and, and to just kind of say that oh, they're rich at, at the expense of others or something like that is, uh, you know, that's not fair either. I will go back to um, uh, it's, it's kind of a it's the way I look at these these economic systems that capitalism is realistic in the sense that it just assumes we're greedy <laughs> you know it, it kind of blesses greed to that extent um i don't think we as christians can comfortably park ourselves in in the capitalist philosophy you know just just as is there's always going to be a caveat there's always going to be kind of a yes but uh to that de, de tocqueville spoke of uh acting in one's enlightened self-interest not just a bare self-interest but it's an enlightened one that assumed something about man too that's a that's a very sort of enlightenment era positive view of humanity you know if we believe in the total corruption of humanity we're going to be a little skeptical about our altruism and our ability, you know, our ability to seek the common good. You know, this is, it's interesting uh, that you bring this up because this is one of the things that we see out of, uh, out of China right now is that they're becoming more and more capitalistic, but without the idea of God in the mix, without the idea of, of a higher authority or anything like that, there's no humanity involved with yeah. this. And so you do just use people it's, to your own ends, and that's it's capitalism without God, is and it turns evil very fast. Oh yeah, yeah, no, it is. It's exploitative 
at, at its sole goal is the acquisition of wealth. That's, right. That's all it is. And if I don't believe in eternal life and I don't believe in God and I don't believe in a higher anything than myself, then, heck, I'll just use you. I don't care. See, You're I, expendable I, as far as I'm concerned. I like the concept of free market uh, because of free, because of freedom. Um, the liberty of the individual is is an important concept, uh, but like just like Christian liberty, it's not a it's not a liberty it's not a license to do whatever you please. It's the freedom to serve. It's 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 a freedom to to exercise your your gifts and and everything for the service of others, uh, without being told, without being ordered, without being commanded. Because you know you you look at the alternative system that didn't produce excellent work. No. Okay, you know, communism does not produce motivated workers. They know exactly what their quota is, and they will fulfill it. Yeah. Well, like like they used to say in Russia, we pretend to work, and they pretend to pay us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much. <laughs> and they're having a hard time making that transition, kind of shifting yep. over. Very hard time. Yeah, um, I kind of wonder if they're going to slide back the other way. But, I see, I don't think it's the, necessarily the systems that are evil, but it's the it's the people who are running the systems and in the systems and working the systems. That's where the evil is. The evil is in the heart of man. And and yeah, if you if you are put in charge of others, if you have wealth, if you are put in a position of power, um, the old Adam seizes on that and has the capacity to do horrific things with that. And and uh, yeah, I, I, I do think that we ought to. Now, unfortunately, you know, the plight of the worker tends to be sort of a quote unquote liberal cause. Just like environmentally, anytime, anytime you talk, you know, about taking care of the environment, you're labeled as a liberal, which I just don't get. I don't see that. Well, it, it depends on... I'm trying to on, conserve the environment. Yeah, it depends on where <laughs> you go with it. <laughs> if, you, if you turn the environment into your God, then yeah, you, you get all weird. But if you realize this is something that God has given us as a gift, then we should be taking care of it. See, one of the problems is that... that uh, there are certain things where um, you know, poverty, hunger the, 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 are among them, health care, the environment. Uh, there are certain things that, that I as an individual don't really matter. As long, as long as I got my chunk, it doesn't matter. It's like spitting, spitting in the ocean. But if everybody spits in the ocean, that's going to have an environmental impact. You know, I can drive anything. I could drive something that belches as much greenhouse gas as my lawnmower does, for example. And it doesn't matter. But if everybody does this, you know, I saw that that simply the the increase of China's carbon output from coal <laughs> this past year is equal to the entire output of Germany. Hmm. Now that has an impact. Now you know what 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 the impact is, what the long term is. I don't know, and I'm not going to engage that debate. But here's my point: is that there are certain things when it affects all of us, it's hard to get the individual on board strictly on the basis of self interest. That's that's where the problem is. If you are wise, you listen to me. So there you go. You'll listen to Bill. Frank will write us a third letter because we still we still haven't said that the conservative Lutheran churches should be denouncing the rich. <laughs> yeah, that ain't going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he does make a point about educational debt. And I'll tell you, um, some of the yeah. most indebted people these days, um, everybody, anybody who goes to college and graduate school these days, unless unless some of this ride is covered for you, man, are you racking up the debt? Look, I, I have a kid who was a parishioner who came from a very educated family. He had a brother who went to Caltech and, and you know, I mean, really, really bright people. This kid was a genius. And he said, I'm going to go become an electrician. And and I I sat and talked with him. He said, well, maybe I'll go to college later, but I should have something that I can fall back on and use my hands. And I started talking to him, and, and I was asking him how much it would go, you know, cost to get through. And, it, well, it's community college, so it's cheap and all this. And I said, you know what? You'll become a licensed, a licensed 
electrician and you'll make way more money than I will ever make as a pastor. Oh, there's, and there's a lot of satisfaction in... You, you in, do not have to go spend a boatload of money on an education to make a decent living. You, no. you know, all you need is a good trade, really. Well, and you probably do better. You know, let's face it. It's hard to outsource an electrician. Yeah. You know, it, yeah, or a plumber. Electrician can't be outsourced or computerized. So, you know, it, and and I don't care. Your machine's still got to be plugged in and run. Hey, before we run out of time, this is... Yeah, this, we've got about three minutes. This is the Sunday's gospel, and it, it, oh. it, it fits the theme. In, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Theological content? Yeah, Mark 12. We need some right. Jesus content. We've been kind of low on this, although this is going to be law. In his teaching, Jesus said, Mark 12, um, beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and like greetings in the marketplaces and have the best seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at feasts who devour, devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers, they will receive the greater condemnation. And then it goes on in Mark uh, to Jesus sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. And he saw many rich people putting in large sums. See, they were very generous. And a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny, plink, plink. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. He wants it all. Hmm? I guess so. I, I was looking at this and thinking about the long prayers and all those dinner tables where food's getting cold because someone just <laughs> scrambling. going on and on and on and on. <laughs> they like the honor. They devoured widows' homes. Uh, they, uh, the Pharisees were lovers of money. Jesus warned them about that, too. You know, every blessing and gift from God can turn around and be a curse to us when, when the sinful old Adam gets a hold of it. Um, the rich were proud of the sums they contributed. The the woman just simply entrust, uh, entrusted her two small copper coins, which probably didn't do much of a dent in the yeah. uh, the, tre- the temple treasury. The, the budget for that year was not much affected by plink, plink. But uh, Jesus didn't hear cash or coin. He heard faith. And, uh, you know, this all has to kind of be put in view of him who was rich, though for our sakes became poor so that in his poverty we might be rich beyond measure in riches that even Solomon never enjoyed in this life, and that is the riches of the kingdom of God. So, ah. There you have it. Poor widow. Would you rather be one of the rich who dumped in tons of coins and made a big clattering on the way in, or that poor widow lady who just put the last of her social security in the uh, temple treasury? Can I just be the rich guy who doesn't make a big stink about it? <laughs> you want to be the third character. Yeah, I, I think that I'd rather be that guy because <laughs> I want to be able to pay my bills. But at hey, the same time, here, here's the deal. I don't think you really have uh, as much control as you think you have over whether you're one of the rich or whether you're that poor widow. I, I, I think it's kind of pretty much the hand you're dealt. And it's how you play the hand in the game that really matters. And the widow lady played... Uh, played it in the hand of faith. And that's really well, the key. Yeah. Uh, I think you should find contentment and enjoy life wherever the Lord has put you. And then you die. And then you die, and then you're even better off. Got to run. Till next time. We'll see you.